Hi, and welcome to episode 45. Have you ever felt like you're going in circles? You found the answer, you asked too many questions, and then you think, maybe I didn't know the answer. So you start all over again, and then you realize you just keep walking in circles. We've all done it. So let's stop walking in circles, and let's get into it. Hi, my name is Catherine Mahoney, and I'm passionate about intuition, business, and living your best life, and helping you navigate the ups and downs of the wild ride we call life. I'm an entrepreneur, intuitive advisor dedicated to guiding others to success, winning national awards in business and leadership, and featured in MSNBC, USA Today, and the Business Journal, just to name a few, speaking to audiences just like yourself. I teach successful business leaders in honing their intuition, creating certainty, and taking aligned action. I'll give you a straight talk with humor. Business, intuition, and mindset are just a few of the topics we discuss here. Be ready for fun, insightful journey with me. Reveal hidden secrets, be challenged and inspired. This is the Clearly Catherine podcast. What if I told you that creating email newsletters could be as easy as posting to social media? That's right. Flowdesk offers an all-in-one email marketing system. It's the easiest way to get started in building your email list today. Go to flowdesk.com. That's F-L-O-D-E-S-K dot com slash C slash Clearly Catherine for your 30 days free and 50% off your subscription. You can also find the link in the show notes. Notice the topic and the idea of stories has been coming up so often lately. I know with marketing, learn to tell your story. And it's great because people get into the story. We see movies, we read books. We want to know what's behind that person, that action, that event. We want to know the deeper, more interesting, mysterious aspects of each other's lives and events. So in marketing, that's where our story comes in of who we are. But we also have the stories we tell ourselves. These can be so much more powerful in how we maneuver in the world and can block us from telling our stories to engage others, to bring others into our lives and into where we're going because our stories in our own minds about who we are, how we feel about ourselves and how we allow other people to make us feel about ourselves are so powerful, it can shut things down. And when you think about how incredibly strange it is that we allow a tone, a look, a word that has innocuous meaning, very neutral, can cause us to freeze up, to have significant emotion of fear, of anxiety, of anger, disappointment, when it meant nothing at all. And that can really stop and control us. And when we go through more stressful times in our lives, this becomes even worse because what stress is like the magnifier of everything. So then you're 
really just missing all of these amazing moments and connections, and you're not stepping out of yourself. And sometimes when we react to other people who are then reacting to us, it's like this domino effect, isn't it? It's like we play dominoes with each other on a daily basis. We are each other's dominoes in the game. One knocks down the next, depending on how we are interpreting what is happening. And we have lost the art form of clear communication. We've moved into this technical world where not only the tone and the facial expressions and the body language are missing, but they're shortened terms. And so the language of interpretation could be almost anything at this point. So then we add these emojis, which are like smiley faces and things to let people know you're, you're teasing. It's supposed to be funny. But now we've lost human interaction really in this. And because of this, we have lost a piece of ourselves and our ability to communicate clearly between each other and in our own stories. Once upon a time, and then, whoa, who knows where that goes? Is this going to be a good fairy tale? Is this going to be a wolf eating somebody? It's really hard to say because it depends on so much, doesn't it? It depends on if I woke up on the wrong side of the bed, maybe my hair's not coming right, maybe the outfit I wanted, maybe my coffee maker didn't work. The morning just didn't kick off right, and I'm just off the whole day. And so everything I'm reading is just off all day for me. And somebody says slightly the wrong thing or tries to tease me about how somebody's hair, and then I think, oh, they're talking about mine or, you know, this or that. And now I got it all mixed up, and now I'm offended or my feelings are hurt or I feel really insecure. And I've lost this whole day of communicating with people. And because I reacted to them, maybe then they feel like, oh, she doesn't want to react with me anymore. She doesn't like me. She doesn't want to hear from me. And so it gets into this cycle. And if we begin to look at our own story, one of the things I learned many decades ago is that 99% of the time, When someone is saying something that doesn't really click and it doesn't really make sense, and I know it's more describing themselves, I'm actually not in existence. I am a mirror and I'm being their mirror for themselves. And that is my role in that moment. So nothing is personal to me. It is their own fear. It is their own insecurity that is being experienced. It is not a direct, personal, knock down the domino. And if we can get back into being able to see and read and hear and fully experience the other person communicating with us, imagine how that would change. And then if we could explain, ah, 
I had this morning. I feel like I got up on the wrong side of the bed. I feel like I'm a little bit off. So bear with me. I'm going to step into this. And I just wanted to just clean the slate and let you know, I just had one of those off Monday mornings, but I'm here now. Sometimes that's all it is to cause this shift because you let go of it. You, you release that moment and you can be part of it. But if we are not allowing ourselves to let go of the story of people judging us when they have no thought of us at all, because most of the time they're too busy communicating across what they want and thinking about what they want to say and they're in conversation with you. Now they may notice something a little off, but unless they start getting in their own head and telling the story, oh, she doesn't want to listen, then you're both playing that game and then you may have lost a whole opportunity here. So I really want to remind all of us, including myself, I'm in this with you, that we need to release the stories in our head. We need to communicate clearly what is going on because we have lost this amazing, beautiful art form of communication with one another. This art form of communication that is dynamic. It involves our tone. We learn things from how slowly someone speaks to how quickly someone speaks to how loud and passionate they feel, to how quietly and sincerely they mean something. Whether they're smiling and laughing or they're serious or soft-spoken. We watch their hands. We can feel the energy from them of what they're getting across to us. We can feel the emotion within how one communicates with us. Sometimes no spoken word is required. But if we're strictly relying on a typewritten message with a little smiley face, it's really hard to base what's really happening. There's so many things I don't feel like I know how to express in text messaging, and maybe it's the age I'm from. But even email, I find, oh, I don't want to go back and forth. I'm just pick up the phone and talk to them. The phone gives you more ability and video even more and face-to-face even higher. And so I'm so glad we're going to video more, but it still relies on us breaking down our own story. Because before we can express our story to someone else, we need to embrace it within ourselves. And as leaders, we really need to do that. In business, we really need to do that, especially if we need to use a story in marketing, especially if we need to use a story to help people. Because if we don't acknowledge the stories that play round and round in our mind and acknowledge to others when we might be off or what's happening. Don't have to go in detail. It's not necessary. Most of the time, I don't want to hear the whole story. But just a basic idea. Oh, that's why 
and you seem a little off today or you seem a little distracted. Okay, and usually once you tell someone that, it kind of washes that away and you're in the game. But the story in your head is your greatest enemy. It can hold you back from pretty much anything and everything. We have the ability to choose how we feel about things. I'm going to have an interaction with someone. I'm going to choose how I feel. I'm going to choose if I give them the power to make me feel anything else but. I'm not going to allow a conversation to leave me and make me feel worse about myself because I'm choosing to have interpreted that way and I'm choosing for it to control whatever I'm doing, especially when nine times out of 10, the other person you're having the conversation with has no intent of that at all. You just interpret it that way. And what if you didn't? What if you went in to every interaction with people with intention? Not intent, not to manipulate. No, with an intention. To have a positive, good, clear conversation. You have a plan to get across as clearly as possible a specific piece of information. You have a feeling you want them to leave with and for you to leave with. And you have an intention for this. You go in with this intention. Is it going to all fall perfectly in place? No, nothing ever does. Haven't you learned that by now? (laughs) But imagine if that was the ground you laid. Imagine if you said, okay, if this doesn't go right, I'm going to look back at my intention. But I know that something didn't lay right or they didn't have a good day or not going to interpret everything negatively. Now, as high achievers and success-driven people, we generally fall under the category of perfectionists, highly judging ourselves much more painfully than anyone would ever judge us. So I am going to tell you a story. So I was at a conference, I'm not going to say how long ago, but it was a good long, long while ago. And there was a woman speaking and she told this story about her childhood and how it had caused her to judge herself to be ugly all her life. It reminded me of a story of my own that had kind of hung around my own neck. So when I was not quite 11, I guess I was 10 still in the fifth grade, and I lived in a small, small, small town, (laughs) my parents decided that they needed to really think about what my new educational steps would be, and that moving to the city would probably be a good idea. And they felt like I was falling behind. And I had undiagnosed dyslexia, which never really got diagnosed till I was much older. So I think that was an element as well. But since I didn't know that, I didn't know why I couldn't spell and had all these math issues. And so they really felt moving to the city would be a good idea. So 
got me ready. I got it. My parents hired a tutor to prep me for the exam because I was so far behind. And then we went to the city and we did tours of schools. There was one in particular I really like. I can remember clearly spending the day there doing a tour and I had so much fun. I felt like I made friends. My parents looked for houses near the school. I took the exam. I felt like it went pretty good. And then the end of summer happened and we didn't move to that city. We moved to a different city and I went to a totally different school I had never visited. My parents didn't buy a house. They rented a house. Either I blocked out, didn't remember, or wasn't involved, but never felt like I had the information of why when they looked for houses to buy and the school that I was supposed to go to and took exams for, that didn't go. And so I assumed that I had failed. None of the schools in that city would take me and this school took dumb kids. And so I always believed that. And I never brought it up or never asked. I just assumed they didn't have a choice and that's why they didn't have time to buy a house. And we kind of rushed around to get me organized to go to this school. So when I heard this other woman's story at the conference about her feeling ugly, that story really came up for me about the schools for me. I called my mother that evening and asked her about it. Probably was close to 30 at this time, or maybe over 30. She said, no. In fact, you passed the test, fine. You got accepted, but we were behind the deadline and you were on a waiting list for the schools and we just didn't feel like we could wait another year and you didn't have to take another test because you were able to use the new test for the school you ended up going to. They didn't require you to test and they had room and we wanted you to start right away. No, you passed just fine, you were accepted, there wasn't an issue. Here I had lived from the age 11 to 30 something believing that I was not smart enough and had failed that test and I couldn't get into any other schools. <laughs> now, I mean, I didn't know I was smart and kind of savvy and stuff, but I kind of figured I was not book smart. I could work the system like nobody's business, but... <laughs> I always kind of struggled in the school department, I'll admit. But I I carried that along. I always thought that I wasn't smart enough to have gotten in those smarter kids' schools. And so it's this interesting story we tell ourselves, right? That was my assumption. Whether my parents had explained that to me along the way, I don't know. But the story, the experiences of going to look at the school, visit the school, take the test, looking for houses was so big and so impactful that suddenly the shift of going to a school I'd never seen and moving to a city I'd not been to before and not taking the test and all that, 
either erased or made it feel like she was maybe fibbing. So the story built in my mind. And can you see how powerful and impactful that is? These stories we tell ourselves can be based off nothing. I had no real evidence for this. I mean, it looked like evidence, but it was circumstantial. (laughs) But I allowed this to really carry forward with me. And this is what I mean by the stories in our mind. We can allow them to be so strong that even if we were presented with the information, I'm sure I must have been presented with the information at some point. My parents were always quite forthright with me. I'm sure it was presented at some time around when that new school started and why we were going there. But because the experience of going to visit the other schools was so clear and defined and feels so permanent, and the shift was so unclear to me, I didn't absorb that information because I was so busy in my own mind of the story I was creating. It became like this thick, thick wall that information could not pierce in any way. And that's what I want you to be careful of. And I try my best to be careful of. No one is perfect. We want to be as entrepreneurs, but we're not. We will create these stories about different situations, relationships, how we're communicating with one another, that when the information we need comes through or someone tries to explain something that that isn't matching this information, this wall we've created where information cannot slip through anywhere, then we do ourselves a disservice and a disservice to others. And we're so afraid of how hard we judge ourselves and what other people think of us. We don't want anyone to realize we may not know what we don't know or that we create these stories in our own mind. But what if... Just saying, what if we ask for clarification? Oh my God, what an amazing thing. We could do that. How easy can we do that? You know, it's simple. All you have to say is, oh, okay, I feel like I'm, I'm maybe not catching this or I'm interpreting it differently. Here's what I heard you say. And you repeat back, I heard you say that I failed the test you at the last minute had to figure out what to do. And my mother would have returned and said, no, that's not what I said. I said, you're on a waiting list for the other school. You passed the test. We used it to get you into this school. Okay. Repeat to them what you heard. Say, here's what I heard you say. And I'm maybe a little bit confused or I may be interpreting differently, and I just want to clarify that we're on the same page. Whatever it is you need to say that's appropriate for the conversation. But if you are feeling like it's landing on you wrong, or you're mixing it up in your own story, then what is the harm in getting clarification? What is the harm in saying, I just want to clarify that we're on the same page. So this is what I heard blah, 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 blah. And they'll go, yep, that's exactly what I said. Or they'll go, no, this is what I meant to say. 
And then you can repeat back again. Okay, I just want to clarify again. Yes or no. Yes, great. I do that all the time. I do that when I'm calling to change my internet bill to say, okay, this is what I heard you tell me. Yes or no. I do that as often as possible. I'm going to say probably not often enough. What harm could that do? And imagine how that would change how people felt like you listened to them. Because you can say, I just want to make sure you don't hear them right. They can repeat it. Hopefully you'll catch it the next time. But ask for the clarification. Wash off what's going on in your head and hear what the other person's saying to you. Wow, how amazing would that be? And what if other people began to do that for you? So you were not only asking for clarification on your end, but then as a leader, you are showing a technique of example that I heard you, this is what I heard you say, and then you're asking for verification because maybe they're thinking, gosh, maybe I didn't say that quite right. No, this is what I actually meant. Imagine the possibilities in communication. You could use this in business. You could use this in your personal relationships too. Whoa, it's true. Imagine if we started getting rid and cleaning up vacuuming, let's say vacuum, zoom, vacuum up those stories in our head by forcing us to listen to the information available. Let's clean it up and then show people we really want to hear what they're saying. We really want to understand what they're communicating to us. Wouldn't you want to talk to somebody who really wanted to truly hear you, who wanted to really understand what you were trying to say to them? Imagine how that would change for you. Imagine what that would feel like to communicate in a way that started erasing stories in your head because now you heard and felt what the person meant and then you were showing someone you cared to hear them and as a leader you're now leading through example this is something that would change the way we communicate between each other and especially in the workplace because this can be a professional way to communicate I don't know why we don't use it more often. So go out in the world. Get rid of some of those old stories. If you have any of your own, like my school story, get the answer. Find out if it's a real story or one you made up or a wall you created so thick the information that was told to you correctly couldn't get through and you never absorbed it. The possibilities are endless with our stories, aren't they? They're so strong. They force us to freeze in our spot. And imagine if we just simplified. We were at ease with ourselves. And we let intuition light our path. Thanks for listening to the Clearly Catherine podcast. If you love the show, share it with a friend, the more the merrier, and we'll see you next time.